this morning when I uh, led the meditation, I began it in a way that I often begin it. Uh, I began it in a way that uh, I often begin my own meditations. I pretty much always begin my own meditation uh, is by reminding myself to be aware of the body, to come to the body, to put my mind on the body sitting. And uh, oftentimes when I do that, uh, when I remind myself at the beginning of the meditation to, to come to the body, to be aware of the body, to be mindful of the body, uh, there's this quality of recognition. Oh, there's a body. Oh, I have this body. Oh, this body. There it is. There it is. Uh, it's almost a, it's almost a quality of amazement. Or perhaps it's akin to uh, going to a gathering of people and uh, kind of looking across the room and saying, "Oh, there's my old friend. I haven't seen that old friend in quite some time." Oh, there's the body. There's the body. It's like a lost friend. So this practice is a practice of coming back to the body and in the process coming to ourselves, coming back to the body. Uh, and sometimes it's during the meditation or sometimes it's during the day when I remind myself, right? Mindfulness is a process of reminding ourselves or remembering. When I remember to come to the body, when I remember that uh, to put my mind on the body, there's that quality of recognition, almost that quality of amazement. Oh, there's a body. There's the body. I had forgotten about you. Good to see you. Good to see you. We lose track of the body. We forget the body in the course of any day, in the course of any meditation. Uh, we lose the body. We forget the body so easy for that to happen. We go into our habitual patterns that take us out of the body. Uh, primarily that those patterns would include going into sense experience. If it's looking at the phone or the television or the computer or whatever, uh, or going into thought worlds. So we go into these thought worlds and we lose the body. We spend much of our time, the Buddha suggested, in thought worlds. So, uh, a good question for us to ask is, how often do we lose the body in the course of the day? How often do we forget the body during the course of the day? Uh, our practice is to remember more, to remember more, to uh, come back to the body. Our practice is to come back to the body uh, again and again. Our practice is to come back to the body uh, with a greater frequency. Uh, as we go throughout the course of our days. So our practice is to come back to the body. Our practice is to come back to ourselves. We come back to ourselves by coming back to the body. We lose ourselves when we go into thought worlds and into sense experience. So the Buddha had a very specific practice, a very specific practice for doing just this, for remembering the body, for coming back to the body, for coming back to ourselves. That very specific practice uh, that he had, uh, he said it was the most important practice that we could follow 
It's the practice of mindfulness. It's the practice of mindfulness. Uh, and it's all laid out in the Satipatthana Sutta, the, the Sutta for the establishing of mindfulness, where the Buddha gives his instructions in a very simple way for practicing mindfulness. Uh, and of course, many of the other suttas flesh out what he's talking about in uh, the Sutta for Mindfulness. It's very important to understand, of course, uh, what the word sati or mindfulness means. It means to put the mind on or to keep something in mind. So it basically what the Buddha is doing in the Satipatthana Sutta and in his instructions for practicing mindfulness is telling us what we should do with the mind, where we should put the mind. And of course what he says is if you can uh, if you can use the mind in a skillful way, if you can put the mind in the right place, in the right places, uh, you'll know happiness in this life. If you don't, you're going to suffer. It's all about what you do with the mind. The mind in and of itself uh, isn't going to uh, be something that will uh, uh, provide a fruit of happiness, but it, it, it enables you to get to that place where you know happiness. So we use the mind, uh, we put the mind on certain things, uh, and of course uh, the first instruction is to put the mind on the body uh, and to keep the mind on the body. Uh, that's the first establishing of mindfulness, to put the mind on the body, to keep the mind on the body, and of course within that uh, set of instructions, the first movement in doing so is to put the mind on the breath and to keep the mind on the breath. And in all the Buddha's instructions for mindfulness, the body and the breath is kept in mind to some extent. So uh, this is where we keep the mind. This is where we're striving to put the mind and to keep the mind in the Buddha's instructions for mindfulness is on the body is on the body. We use the breath as a center in the body and to begin to uh, establish this mindfulness of the body and develop this mindfulness of the body. So uh, what the teachings would tell us is that it's essential to maintain this mindfulness. Our practice is a, to maintain this mindfulness. If we want to be happy in this life, we need to maintain mindfulness of the body and we use the breath again in, in, in the service of doing that. So uh, we use uh, the mind uh, in the service of keeping our awareness on the body. We use the breath. Uh, this is how we come back to ourselves. Uh, this is how we uh, are able to know happiness in this life because happiness is inside. Happiness is inside, it's not out there. That's kind of what we believe. The happiness is on the computer, it's in the phone, it's in this, it's in that. Happiness, we think, is in those thought worlds, in those thoughts that we can have. What the teachings would tell us is that happiness is inside. That's hard to appreciate until we know that happiness. You know, because really all the only happiness that we tend to know is the happiness of the phone and the computer and the key lime pie and the, and the, you know, the beautiful meals that we eat and the, and the things that we uh, see and, and taste and the thoughts that we have. Uh, 
but what the teachings would say is happiness is found inside. It's found in the heart. Uh, so we have to make this uh, path back to ourselves, back to the body. So, uh, so the Buddha's instructions are very simple. Uh, these instructions for coming to the body, coming to the body, they're very simple. Uh, very important though, very important, and, they, and, and we tend not to uh, uh, perhaps understand or pay so much attention to some of the things that he's talking about. So one of the most important elements of the instruction uh, that he gives us is he says we have to be mindful of the breath in and of itself and the body in and of itself. So what does that mean? That means we put everything else to the side. We put everything else to the side as we're making this effort to come to the body and to establish ourselves in the body. We put everything else to the side. We put all external experience to the side. We put sounds to the side. We put different sensations to the side. We put all these other experiences to the side. In the Sutta, the Buddha says it very clearly in the Satipatthana Sutta. He says, we put aside all greed and distress with reference to the world. All of our thoughts, all of our aversions and desires pertaining to the world. That actually has two meanings. So one thing, one thing, one meaning of the term world, uh, the Pali word is a loka, is you know, the experiences of the world. We put aside our relationships, we put aside world affairs, we put aside current events, we put aside our jobs, we put aside this, that, and the other thing that make up the different schemas of our lives. We put all those things to the side and we focus on the breath. The other thing the world means uh, is sense experience, because really all those things, our relationships and our jobs are all just you know, a compilation of different sense experiences. So we put aside all the different experiences of the senses, right? and we just focus on the breath and the body. So this is very important to be mindful of um, the breath in and of itself, the body in and of itself. It's very important not to go into sense experience. You know, it, you know, it's interesting because many of us may have learned meditation. Uh, I think I, I did, and I think I probably even taught it to some extent. If a sense experience arises, go to it. Go to the sound. Listen to the sound. You know? uh, it's not what the Buddha taught. You know, it's not what the Buddha taught. And if you think about what is happening when we go to that sound, we're taking ourselves away from the body which is exactly what we don't want to do. We're taking ourselves away from the place where we need to be. We're taking ourselves away from ourselves. We're taking ourselves away from the body and away from the heart. So this is something that we don't want to do. You know, you're meditating and there's a sound outside, you know, and, oh, let me listen to the sound, right? No, put that aside. Mindful of the breath in and of itself. Our Potential for happiness is found within the body. Our goodness is found within the body, not in the sound. Not in the sound. Not in the sound. So, uh, you know, there's often uh, uh, this inclination that many people have had that they may have 
been taught to practice what's sometimes called bare awareness or choiceless awareness. Just go to experience as it's arising. Go to experience as it's arising, the different sounds and the different sensations and different thoughts that might come into the mind. It's not, I mean, you know, there is some uh, reason why people might want to do that practice, but it's certainly not what we teach or what the Buddha taught. And uh, it, what it's happening, of course, is we're taking ourselves away from the place that's most important for us to be. It's taking us away from the body. It's taking us away from ourselves when we practice in those ways. So, uh, uh, you know, this is a very important instruction to learn, to be mindful of the breath in and of itself, to be mindful of the body in and of itself. We're talking about in meditation, when we're developing concentration, as we're trying to establish and maintain uh, this foundation of mindfulness as we go throughout our days. So, uh, in the Buddha's instructions, uh, he has us very gradually uh, be mindful of the body and then just let go of any uh, views about the body and identification with the body and even the idea of my body uh, or I'm sitting and there's just body. There's just body. There's just this body. There's just this body. Because when you go into ideas like my body and I'm sitting, now you're creating uh, uh, an interference between you and the actual experience of your body. So we want to just have this experience of body, just like right now. You see how you lose it when you're listening to me. You know, This is why sometimes we say, you know, even as you're listening to the Dharma talk, focus on the breath. Stay in the body. If you can stay in the body, you can understand the talk in the body and in the heart. Really, understanding is not going to take place here, but that's what happens. We start thinking about it, right? God forbid we're thinking about something else, right? So, uh, we develop this mindfulness of the body. We come home to this body. We come home to this body. This is very profound. It seems so mundane, and isn't there anything more dramatic or, you know, you know, but there could be nothing more, more important or more valuable or more meaningful in our lives to, uh, to, be, uh, to be aware of this body, to have mindfulness of this body, to be with this body. This is what it means to, to be here and uh, to come back to ourselves and our truth. But there's a lot out there that's vying for our attention, right? So one of the things the teaching has us do in the service of creating an experience of the body that uh, will be amenable, uh, that the mind will be attracted to, if you will, is to cultivate an experience of the body that's easeful and pleasurable. So this really supports us in our ability to keep the mind in the body because the mind, by its nature, inclines to what's pleasurable. So we learn to cultivate a pleasurable abiding in the body, a good home for the mind, as the Tayajan say, so that the mind will want to stay here, so the mind will want to stay, so the mind will start to incline to the body. 
so the body starts to feel like it is a good home. This is a place where I want to be. This is a place where I want to be. I mean, uh, you know, that, that, that idea of a good home for the mind is really a very important concept, you know. I always would think, it's sort of like when I was a kid, I wanted to get out of my house, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable place for me, so the more time I could spend on the street, that was better, you know. That's how we tend to be in general vis-a-vis -vis the body. So the body has to become a good home, a pleasurable abiding, a place where we feel safe and comfortable. Uh, and that's what we're doing in the breath meditation, the instructions uh, that I just gave. Uh, and then, of course, we maintain, we seek to maintain the body in all of our postures, in all of our activities, even as we're listening to the Dhamma talk, right? Even as we're listening to the Dhamma talk, we try to have some awareness of breath and body. As we go through our days, we try to keep the mind on the body. And then, of course, what the Buddha has us do in practicing mindfulness is to start to be mindful of the things that are taking us away from the body, right? Start to be mindful of the things that are taking us away from the body. Start to be mindful of the ways that we lose the body. You know? and, and, you know, very simply, uh, you know, and again, it's a very simple teaching. Sometimes we say a very simple teaching for complicated people. Uh, uh, you know, what takes us out of the body is, is uh, aversion and desire. You know? So in, in all of its different forms. Uh, so we learn to be mindful of uh, those qualities of aversion and desire, uh, those qualities that we cling to. in all the, the ways that we engage in aversion and des desire, liking and disliking. Uh, and of course, what we come to understand in bringing mindfulness to aversion, our aversion and our desire, is that uh, it takes us out of the body, it blocks us off from the heart, it's painful when we go into those states, uh, it's taking us away from uh, what we have available to us as human beings that really amounts to our greatest potential and what we come to understand eventually as we bring mindfulness in a skillful way to the various permutations of aversion and desire is that these, 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 these ways in which aversion and desire manifest, uh, they're not who we are. You know, they're not our truth. You know, the term in Buddha is an, Buddhism is anatta. They're not self. You know, these are experiences that come and go, but they're not who we are. So uh, they're not, uh, you know, they're not who we are. They're not our goodness. They're not, uh, uh, you know, useful to us. And we don't have to hold on to them. You know, we don't have to hold on to them. So we learn to bring mindfulness to our aversion and desire, our likes and dislikes, our views and opinions, all in the service of understanding them and our relationship to them and all of the in the service of developing disenchantment with them, with our likes and dislikes, our views and opinions, our thoughts about ourselves and others and the world, you know, all these things that take us away from the body, all of our stories. So we learn to let go of these things that take us away from the body. 
So it's a process, right? It's a process of little by slowly letting go of these things that take us away from the body, these different forms of aversion and desire, liking and disliking, views and opinions, our narratives, our stories. We learn to let go of these, uh, these, these things that take us away from the body and little by slowly, we come down to just what's there, which is just this body. What's just this body? So we're coming down to just this body and this heart. And all the rest is just a passing show that's taking us out of the body. Eventually we come down to this body, this heart, and our goodness, and our goodness. One of the, the most well-known suttas, uh, or a sutta that's quoted often, the Buddha describes the heart as luminous, as radiant. He says the heart shines, and then he inserts the you know the inevitable but, you know the heart is luminous, the heart is radiant, but it's covered over, it's obscured, it's stained. Sometimes those stains are referred to as the defilements. The heart is covered over by our aversion and desire, our liking and disliking, our views and opinions, our thoughts about ourselves and others in the world, our stories. We have this heart that is potentially radiant. It's like a sun. You know, it's like the sun that's covered over by the clouds. And our hearts tend to be uh, covered over by many, many, many layers of clouds. So, you know, we have this radiant heart. We have this goodness, uh, but it's covered over by these layers and layers and layers of aversion and desire, liking and disliking, views and opinions. And we've lost track of it. We've lost track of it. So our practice is to come to the body and th through which we come to the heart. So little by slowly, we let go. We let go of the aversion and desire, the liking and disliking. I mean, ultimately we let go because we understand uh, that it's blocking us off from the heart, that it's preventing that radiant heart from shining. And it's, it's, a, it's hard at first because we don't understand we, the, the radiant heart. We don't realize we have this luminous heart, this heart that shines. We don't understand that we have a light within. So, you know, our greatest motivation to let go of our aversion and desire and our preoccupation with sense experience, which is to connect to this radiant heart, uh, you know, is, is, is not developed because we don't really understand that we have this goodness within. We don't really understand that we have this light within, but little by slowly, we begin to understand that. We begin to understand it more and more as we come into the body, as we come into the body. This is why doing things like retreats is good, you know, because at the end of the retreat or Towards the end of the retreat, we've really been making this effort, this super diligent effort to come into the body. Uh, we've been kind of, 
removed from a lot of the things in our lives that cause us to engage in aversion and desire, and the heart starts to become more apparent to us and starts to shine. This is why maybe the biggest reason to do a longer retreat, you know, or even the day long, like we're going to do next week. Uh, hint, hint, commercial, commercial, for those of you who are in New York, you know, you begin to start to have a sense of that radiant heart, the luminosity of the heart, the light within. And that's ultimately what motivates us to abandon aversion and desire and abandon our preoccupation with sense experience. So the more we abandon these things that take us away from the body, there's just this body. It's just this body right now sitting here, listening to the Sunday talk giving the Sunday talk. There's just this heart. There's just our goodness. So there's this purification. Sometimes it's a kind of a funny word. It kind of has illusions that we may find a little bit distasteful, but there's this purification or we come to this state in which that's sometimes referred to as purity of heart. It's purity of heart. You know, we've let go of all those impurities that are blocking off the heart. There's just purity of heart. We come to the state of, of purity. So again, it, it, you know, it's kind of hard for us to accept or appreciate, I think, uh, this quality of the heart, this quality of the light within, this light within is not an abstract concept. You know, it's not, a, it's not conceptual, it's not an idea, it's not a belief. It's something that you actually have within you. Each one of you has it within you. Each one of, it ha- one of you has it within you. It's not abstract. It's not abstract. There's a goodness of the heart that you all have. There's a radiant heart that you all have within. It's in the body. It's hard to appreciate until we come to know it, right? Otherwise, it's just an idea, you know? And, and of course, as part and parcel of it being an idea, there's also the attendant idea that I don't have it, or maybe the other person has it, but I don't have it, right? When we're operating on the level of ideas, but once you start level operating on the level of, yeah, I know I have this goodness within, I know I have a light within, because I've actually felt it. I've actually felt it. I know. That's how you develop confidence. You know, I can sit here and talk all I want, you know. Uh, You know, you have to come to know that goodness inside. You have to come to know uh, the purity of heart, the light within. Once you come to know it, you'll do everything in support of that. Once you come to know it, you'll do everything in support of that light within because you know that you have it and you know that it it offers you the greatest happiness that there is in this life. It's the place of the greatest happiness that there is. And all of those other things that before seemed so important, the likes and dislikes, the different sense experiences, pale by comparison. So it's there, it's in the body. You know, we're coming to the body coming to ourselves, coming to the heart. The more we practice, the more we make the effort to come back to the body, 
the more we know the goodness of the heart, the more we know the light within. So this is our practice. I mean, this is what our practice comes down to, to know this, this thing, to know this light within, to know the goodness of the heart.